Grace be to you and peace from God our Father, from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. We turn our attention again to Acts chapter 13, focus on verses 38 and 39. So, gentlemen, brothers, let it be known to you that through this Jesus, forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you, also forgiveness from everything from which you could not be justified through the law of Moses. In this Jesus, everyone who believes is justified. We pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Empty words, unfulfilled promises. We're all too familiar with things like that in our world. You watch the infomercial on TV and whatever the product is looks wonderful. They demonstrate it. It does everything that you ever could want it to do. So you order it and, well, doesn't really do what they promised. Empty words. The politician makes all kinds of promises about jobs and taxes. They get elected and seem to forget what they promised or maybe even do the opposite of what they promised. Again, unfulfilled promises, empty words. You can probably think of a lot of other examples, but the point's pretty clear. If a promise goes unfulfilled, those words are empty. The Apostle Paul knew about empty words. In fact, he had been proclaiming empty words before he met Jesus on the road to Damascus. He was among the Pharisees who said, who promised, that you could be just, you could be right with God by following not only God's laws, but all of their rules that they added on top of God's laws. So you heard about the Sabbath day's journey, measuring just exactly how you could go, far you could go without breaking the Sabbath. Or washing your hands very detailed rules about just exactly how you should wash your hands once you came in from the marketplace. You might remember that uh, Jesus' disciples were accused of not doing that, not following all those details about washing their hands. They were accused of breaking the Sabbath by just stripping off some grain from the stalks as they walked through the field. Those were empty words, not just because they added all kinds of unnecessary details, but because they couldn't do what they promised. They couldn't make you right with God. Keeping the laws of God and man can only make you right with God if you keep them, all of them, all the time. If you break one, it doesn't do you any good to say, well, but I'm keeping it again now, I just broke it once. It doesn't do you any good to say, I've kept all of the other laws, just not that one. That mark of breaking the law is always there against you. It doesn't go away. See, the laws of God and man weren't designed to give you forgiveness. They were designed to demand obedience. They were designed to condemn you if you broke them. And so that's why the Apostle Paul tells the people in the synagogue in Antioch, you cannot be justified through the law of Moses. 
We need to watch out for empty words because our sinful human nature is very easily suckered into promises that imply that we can do something to be right with God. Think of some examples. People seem to love the phrase, God helps those who help themselves. Those are empty words. For a couple of reasons. First of all, they're not in the Bible. God never said that. Secondly, they imply that if you help yourself, then God will have to help you. In actual fact, the definition of grace is just the opposite, isn't it? God in his mercy and grace says that he helps those who can't help themselves. And he gives us things we haven't earned and we haven't deserved. Most importantly, the forgiveness of sins. Remember once said that they were taught in a previous church that God loves those who love him. Doesn't sound too bad. But it's empty words. See, God says just the opposite. He doesn't say that if we love him enough, then he'll love us. He says just the opposite. He says he loved us even when we didn't love him, even when we were his enemies, even when we hated him. The Bible says we love because he first loved us. The preacher says empty words when he implies to his people that if only they would follow Jesus faithfully, and if only they would pray fervently, then they would be healthy and wealthy. Again, empty words. Jesus says just the opposite, doesn't he? He says, if you follow him faithfully, you have to take up a cross. If you're following him faithfully, you will face troubles in this world. If you are like him, then people will hate you like they hated him. Paul told Timothy, everyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Paul wanted the people in the synagogue in Antioch and everyone who reads what he told them to know that anytime anyone promises you that by doing something good, by keeping a law of God or a law of man, that you can make yourself right with God, that you can be justified, know that those are empty words because they don't have the truth of God's word supporting them. Instead of empty words that the people were used to hearing from their own conscience, from their religious leaders, Paul proclaimed to the people in the synagogue in Antioch faithful words, God's promises fulfilled. He took them back in history to Abraham, God promising Abraham that your descendants are going to inherit this land of Canaan. But not now. He told Abraham up front, it's going to be 400 years. Your people are going to be in a foreign land for 400 years because I'm not ready to bring judgment on the Canaanites yet. They have 400 years of grace. But when the time came, the 400 years were up, God faithfully kept his promise. He brought his people out of Egypt, defeated the most powerful army on the face of the earth without a shot being fired, cared for his people in the wilderness for 40 years, brought them in the promised land, knocked down the walls of Jericho, made them victorious over 
all of their enemies who were stronger and better equipped than they were, he kept his promise. Those weren't empty words. Might have seemed that way for a while. It took 400 years for the promise to be fulfilled. But God did exactly what he said he was going to do. And Paul reminded the people of God's promise to David. He told David that there will always be one of your descendants to sit on your throne, and one of those descendants is going to reign forever and ever. Those seemed like empty words. There hadn't been a descendant of David sitting on a throne in the kingdom of Israel for 500 years. And then Jesus came, a descendant of David, and said, I'm the one. I'm the good shepherd. I'm the one that David was talking about. I'm the one who is going to reign on his throne forever. And his own people betrayed him, handed it over to Pilate, and had him crucified. Were God's words empty? The Apostle Paul says no. In fact, by condemning him, they fulfilled the statements of the prophets that are read every Sabbath. In their blindness, they end up doing just exactly what God had foretold they would do, and more importantly, just exactly what needed to happen. In order for us to be just, to be right with God, to have forgiveness of sins, we needed someone who could keep the law perfectly, and then, more importantly, ask that all of the condemnation, all of the punishment that everyone deserves for their sins be given to him. We needed a perfect substitute. That's why Jesus had to suffer and die. He had to do what the law could never do. He needed to pay the price that God demanded in order to expunge the record of our sins, to promise to remember them no more. So Paul says, gentlemen, brothers, let it be known to you that through this Jesus, forgiveness of sins is being proclaimed to you. Also forgiveness from everything from which you could not be justified through the law of Moses. In this Jesus, everyone who believes is justified. How do we know those aren't empty words? How do we know they're true? The Apostle Paul said, God has fulfilled his promise by raising up Jesus. He told the Corinthians, if Jesus didn't rise, then you're still in your sins. There's no forgiveness. Your faith is worthless. But Jesus did rise. God raised him from the dead on the third day, just as scripture had foretold. He showed himself over a period of 40 days to hundreds of people, 500 more. So he's telling the people in Antioch, if you don't believe me, well, search them out. Most of them are still alive. Go talk to someone who searched for Jesus' body and couldn't find it. Go talk to somebody like Thomas, who doubted, but then saw Jesus in his glorified body. That promise that his Holy One would not see decay, that was fulfilled. The tomb is empty. Jesus rose from the dead just as he said he would, just as Scripture had promised. 
Jesus was delivered over to death for our sins. He was raised to life again for our justification. Everyone who believes in him is, notice is, not will be, is right now, through faith, justified, forgiven, in right standing with God. Because Jesus rose from the dead, all of God's promises are trustworthy. We aren't speaking empty words when we tell someone, Jesus paid for all of your sins. We're not speaking empty words when we tell someone that Jesus is with us always to the very end of the age. We're not speaking empty words when we tell someone that Jesus has ascended to the right hand of God where he's interceding for us. He's ruling all things that exist, seen and unseen, for the good of the church. He's preparing a place for us, and he's going to come back in glory to take us to be with him forever. Those aren't empty words. Those are fulfilled promises that are trustworthy words. What a great comfort it is to know that because Jesus lived and died in our place and then rose again on the third day, all of God's promises are trustworthy. Not a single one of them will fail. They aren't empty words. God's faithful words are victorious over man's empty words. Amen. Please stand.